0: Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Welcome back, everybody, to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm Rob Ganley, your host. And today, we're going to talk with Tim Swackhammer. He's the CEO and founder of Mold Medic. Welcome to the show, Tim.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Pleasure to be here.
0: You got it. You got it. I appreciate you being here and so do our listeners. So let's dive right into the brand. Tell us a little bit about the the background and and how it got started and a little bit about your vision as the founder and CEO.
1: Yeah. So I come from a background in franchising. We've been involved in a a few different franchise brands over the years as franchisees. And this is really our first foray into franchising on the franchisor side. So uh, it's been an interesting journey to step across the aisle there and see how things are different. But Really, mold medics came from sort of two different things. For one, we were operating in a adjacent brand in the home services space and just within the indoor air quality field. So talking mold, air cleaning, all of these types of services, we saw a big opportunity because there was a lot of contractors very focused on kind of the insurance side of the work, your big restoration companies, your SERVPRO Pro Service Masters, those ones. But really, whenever it came to people who were having health problems from mold or health problems from other indoor air quality issues, there wasn't really anybody out there that could address these really with that sort of customer or person first approach. So we saw a huge opportunity there. And then secondly, the with my background in franchising, a lot of it comes from sales and customer service side. So again, stepping into the home service role. Really saw that while there are a lot of very good contractors out there, unfortunately, a lot of times whenever people are working with companies to come in and do work on their home, the customer experience side just really falls apart. It's not not the experience that people want it to be. And it's not the experience that they've become accustomed to when working in other industries. So immediately, as sort of an outsider coming in, saw a huge opportunity there to build our brand around that amazing summer experience where when we talk about it internally, our goal is to ruin our clients for other contractors going forward because that experience that they have with us is just going to be so much better than what they've had elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Now I hear that a lot with brands that are in the home services space. I, what a massive space, right? I don't think it's ever going to stop growing as long as the population evolves, but, but it's a mass. I think a half a trillion someone shared with me. But you're right. I always hear that. that What you would think as a consumer would be somewhat common sense. Well, you just get folks that are out there hanging a shingle and want to get the job done, but maybe they just don't have all the other background, right? They don't have the communication skills or the customer service skills or just, right. It's just sometimes, and you bring franchisees in and you can kind of give them that playbook and say, oh yeah, you know, and sometimes even common sense stuff, you know, you just need to be reminded pretty, pretty often, you know what I'm saying. So I get that. And that predictability is really what the whole concept of franchising was built on. And it's really uh, interesting to hear you say that you you came from the other side of the of the aisle, so to speak, right? And I think that really puts you in an amazing position as a franchisor, you know? Uh, you really are in business to do two things, right? Grow your brand, grow your network, and help each of those owners. Succeed and succeed well at the level they want. And so, with that sort of thing in mind, and I know you think about that all the time, those two ideas and how they interrelate. But with that in mind, tell me a little bit about how you guys approach the onboarding process. Um, what is the goal uh, for your new owners? I know you're, you're, you're a new brand, not in a new industry, and you have lots of experience. So you're not new to franchising, but tell me a little bit about how you're getting started. I know you have. An owner now, and tell us a little how you look at that. Speed to success, I know, is always important. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit how you handle onboarding.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we're looking at speed to success, and we're looking at speed to competency. Really getting them comfortable and confident in their new role, because that's so supremely important. Again, talking about the kind of customer interactions that we're shooting for. If a franchisee coming in is not really confident in the services that they're offering they're never going to be able to provide that kind of service. Uh, Now, the great thing is because of the systems, because of the training, it's really not all that complicated, the work that we need to do. It's all about getting it packaged up and really presenting it in the correct way that's going to help the customer feel at ease with the processes that are going to go on in their home. So a lot of it comes down to how we communicate with customers, how we explain the processes that we're going to go through, how we identify issues, And obviously having our team available, just a a phone call, video call away to make sure if they do encounter something kind of strange. I mean, you're going into homes from all different times, all different areas. Uh, You can always run into something a little bit uh, out there, but giving our franchisees something that I didn't have, which is somebody experienced that you can call on, hey, I haven't seen this situation before. What do I do here? And again, it's about building up that confidence so they can go in, they can sell confidently, uh, and they can deliver that amazing experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know that approach, right, is is common to many sales processes. Uh, where you you there are some things in this world you can never be a complete expert at. If you're in that role of being the sales professional, you have to be a listener. Even though they're the owner, or maybe they're the owner's team, but you know you have to be a good listener, right? Mm-hmm. And but you have to know where to get the answers. Yep. And and it, the key thing is to have the team behind you and and many times in franchising that's the beauty of it is you do have that team behind you you have the brand behind you. you have you can't replace the experience that your team will bring to you right when you when you're first getting started so that's amazing and that and I get you know that confidence that you have that you can help someone that you can deliver a benefit that you put your name on so yeah I could do this for you uh, this will improve your quality of your life potentially some of the things you guys work with and uh and so it's yeah it's it's that confidence that that I can do this, right? I can follow through, so obviously, getting to then up to that point, speed to competence important. Tell me a little bit about the brand, mold medic, right? so clearly, and I love brands that are very clear, especially if you're talking home services or certain mm-hmm. markets, there's no reason to be fancy <laughs> in tech, you wouldn't know what the heck the companies do, right like, <laughs> like Yahoo back in ninety six or whenever that you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't, um, but in your world, you know, it it is important to be very clear. This is what we do. This is what we're good at. This is why you can call on us. So Mold Medic, tell tell us a little bit about the branding though. Tell us what goes into that from from the owner and CEO or founder and CEO point of view, kind of what went into that and, and how do you sort of work with that? Tell me a little more.
1: So, I mean, obviously the name comes from our core competency, what we do. Most The majority of our work does focus around mold. Uh, It's one of the most common indoor air quality issues that people experience, uh, and that really is our core competency. Uh, But our goal is to expand to not just mold, but really be the indoor air quality uh, experts of choice. So, we also provide services for air duct cleaning, uh, as well as radon testing and radon mitigation. Uh, And really, anytime uh, this has been a big cornerstone of our company as we've been growing and looking at, okay, what services could we add on or what what really makes sense? Uh, Anytime we're looking at that, we run it through that filter of, does this improve the indoor environment and the health of the occupants of the home? If the answer is no, that's not something that we're going to do. So while we could do a variety of different things, we obviously, we get Leads for pressure washing because people think they have mold, they have moss, whatever growing on their their deck and all those kind of things, uh, and could easily spin off a pretty good pressure washing business fairly easily. That's not our core competency. That's not what we're trying to build. So that's not something that we're going to do. We're going to keep it focused on improving that indoor environment, improving that health.
0: I love that. Yeah. And that discipline that you're mentioning, oftentimes when I speak to guys like you, it is about that discipline of saying like the way you said, we look through the filter, right? Is it improving air quality? Is it leading to that benefit? Of course, is it profitable? Is it going to help the business? But (laughs) but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's amazing. So when you think about, uh, you know, marketing a business like yours, um, you know speed to, to competency believing in what you do having the team behind you being very clear about what your 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 core competencies are tell me a little bit about google because when i when i talk to companies uh there are certain markets that i say well that's probably a market that they just have to rely on google to some extent mm-hmm. you have to play that game because it is it is one of those things that like you said they might be a little misled In terms of what they want but they think mold and that's probably that's a keyword right and having it in your in your domain and in your brand is probably very helpful but tell us a little bit about how that plays a role in your marketing and maybe in getting people started in those early that first year when they're just trying to get those first few customers
1: yeah so it's uh it's really really huge for us because i look at it as we are predominantly a reactive business Uh, people encounter a problem and then they go looking for a solution uh, so it's not like a lot of lot of different business models where I can put up a ton of marketing to just sort of everybody. And if it happens to make them thirsty for a Coke, they're going to go out and buy a Coke. Uh, it doesn't work that way. They, need, they basically need to have the problem or at least have a suspicion that there's some sort of issue going on that they might need resolved. Uh, and then that's going to encourage them to start looking. So uh, that's always been how we've built a lot of our marketing plans is making sure that, okay, where are people going to begin that search? whenever they find a problem? And how can we make sure that we are at the top of that list? So yeah, Right. Right. Google yeah, I think is the, absolutely essential with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're right. And they're sort of the foundation. And then you, in the home services, you've got a lot of big players that are so important to play with, like Angie's List or mm-hmm. whoever, just having a presence, maybe different, different amounts of effort in different places. But uh, it is about being present at least, but th- that's something to be thought of too. When you're building a, a business and you're branding and you're thinking of the marketing plans, you know, how can we, what can we do? Or how can we get in front of an intent audience? An audience that's looking for something. What are they looking for? What do we solve? So a lot, you're right. And your business is a little more straightforward. It's clear for a lot of people once they encounter the problem. Uh, so that's important that you know that about your business, but it's also important that that's, that's inherent to the model is it makes it easier to market. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. You just have to be available or, or visible, right? But it's clear that folks will look for you, and like you said, you want to react and be there. Uh, and, and so that's you know, always um, in marketing speak, we, we use things like terms like funnels and, and stuff, and people are like, "What are you talking about?" You know But like you, you think, okay, I'm going to meet some new people this way. They're, they have emergencies. Uh, they get to know me. Uh, tell me a little bit about what happens after that? It's a lot of what you said earlier. It's like, we're going to show up on time. We're professional. We follow through. We tell you what we're going to do. We do. It and then we told you what we did. That kind of like deep communication. Uh, so people feel comfortable. Like I, I know these guys are going to take care of this, especially mold. I know there's probably a lot of concern maybe beyond what it needs to be sometimes and maybe not enough other times. So I find it fascinating what you do. Tell me a little bit about once you have some clients Uh, a little bit about what you do from a marketing perspective from that. How does that, I mean, I'm sure there's a big emphasis on reviews uh, as well as also helping maybe with some referral business, right? Maybe some of the services that aren't all reactionary, uh, preemptive things. But Amy, tell me a little bit how you build on that base of existing customers.
1: Yeah, so really it's kind of split into sort of two different spaces. So whenever we look at our marketing, we focus on uh, the direct to consumer side, which would be all of our Google, uh, Angie's Leads, Home Advisor, all those kind of kind of places. Uh, SEO obviously fits in there as well. Um, and then the other side of it is uh, our referral partner networks, and these are going to be specific to any individual uh, franchisee because these are generally going to be much uh, more local networks. Uh, but this is working with uh, even though we don't have a ton of reoccurring clients, we can have a ton of re- reoccurring referral partners. And these are going to be people like realtors, like home inspectors, like plumbers or HVAC contractors, uh, other people who are in homes, they're working with clients typically around the time that they discover a molder and indoor air quality issue. So uh, working with these groups is hugely important, especially for new franchisees coming on to really get them developed in the local market uh, and begin generating a lot of those referral leads because it's not... uh, we want to get everything that we can from an SEO and uh, sort of direct to consumer. But a lot of those, they present just different opportunities. Yeah.
0: You know, I've worked with a lot of brands that, that, that's a huge focus, what you just described. And when you have something unique and, 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 Call it niche, if you will, but you you excel at it, and it's it's something that most others don't do to the extent that you do. So you can become their partner and an extension of their of their business. When you position your offering that way, that type of strategy is extremely lucrative. Uh, that you know because you know those partners all we all want to do the same thing. We want to serve the client well, and so the ones that care, the ones that aren't uh, too far off, right. Um, but, the, but, you know, so you get a chance to work with some of the better companies that do other things well and bring something, something different to them as well. I would think, right. It's not something they would normally talk a lot about, but I got to believe everybody cares about air quality, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody probably, if you bring that up with someone, you're like, yeah, you know, I'll be, I'll be straight with you. I bought a, um, not that I would hold it back, but I bought an air quality, one of those uh, filters for my, for my home. And I just, because, and the only reason I bought it is I thought, well, maybe that'll make me feel better. Just improving the air quality, just mm-hmm. the thought like it wasn't even I, I, I might not be doing anything that great <laughs> but but to me, that's just not talked about enough and yet it's important to people. and when you have that combination in marketing, it tends to work well because like, yeah, you know I, I should probably do more and some of those partners are probably like, yeah, you know some of our clients really would would, would appreciate that we we have a partner that goes deeper here, you know, so and I could see where that would work well
1: yeah, and it's definitely a focus from a marketing perspective as well because the messaging is different depending on who we're talking to. If we're speaking directly to the homeowner, that's going to be a very different message than if we're talking to a realtor or a home inspector who's going to be coming at it from a bit different angle. Uh, they're going to be more interested in helping their client, making sure that the real estate transaction goes through. So we do tailor the marketing messaging quite a bit depending on exactly who we're, who we're targeting. Exactly,
0: right. What's in it for them, right? Yep. Like the, that partner, what, what, what moves the needle for their business, right? So, so in terms of that, you know, so you got the messaging and the angles. and It sounds like that's a that's a sort of foundational to building and scaling the business, mm-hmm. right? Getting, getting. So, how do you reach out to the business partners? Tell me a little bit about that methodology and maybe any technology or thoughts that you have around be more of a B two B play. I take it,
1: right? Yep, yep. So that's uh, we've got some uh, specific processes that we use in house for new markets to identify potential referral partners. Um, based on some different programs that we use to basically uh, scrape a lot of the listings and figure out okay, what have we, what has worked in other markets, and then how do I, de- how do we identify those players in local markets that we're entering uh, okay. to help our franchisees, and then basically give them the playbook of okay, here's, here's the messaging, here's how we communicate to these different partners, yeah. what we do to really build those relationships. Yeah. Um,
0: and, it's probably as easy as using Google for what you guys do, because most most of your contractors or partners or they, they're they're using Google the way you use it, and so finding the partners is probably not that hard. It's just reaching out, connecting, and 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 building that value proposition uh, where you both can work together
1: and benefit. Yep, from. and then we integrate them into our uh, in-house CRM where we're able to send out some drip messaging again that's specific to uh, their industry and what they do. And really gets a lot more custom rather than just the same broad messaging that everybody gets.
0: Yes, exactly. So that's, that's amazing. So you, you've got a little bit of the digital marketing, right? For that low-hanging fruit, for the emergencies, for the people who say, I need someone today. Then um, you have partnerships for long-term growth and you know really opening the door in the community uh, to be that, that go-to person. And so tell me a little bit about, I noticed a, a comment, and maybe this is just on the franchise side, where opportunity folks can become part of what you're doing. But I, I thought I saw something about veterans, that you you work with veterans. And the reason I'm bringing it up is also partly about the community, um, education, uh, awareness, potentially, yeah. where you guys can really make an impact. Uh, others that have audiences that might care about what you're talking about and maybe related to to home ownership or, you know, building homes, whatever. Um, But tell me a little bit about, uh, I guess it's a, it's a broader question, but a little bit about, we'll call it social marketing, not social media marketing, but social marketing. Like how are you giving back to the community? What are your thoughts there? Do you think that might work well? Are you doing anything there to, to uh, anything in the works there for, for your franchisees to work with? Uh, locally.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned like the veterans, we've had a couple of different programs going over the years, just sort of testing what we find works, what uh, doesn't work really because veterans specifically, uh, we've identified them as a group just in our history with franchising, uh, fit very well into the franchising space. They're used to operating within a system and just uh, being able to build that and take ownership of what they are responsible for and really grow and execute on that. Um, as well as from an employee standpoint uh, we've got a number of veterans that work for us at our corporate office and we're constantly looking to expand that because uh, that balance of personal accountability hard work uh, always just taking ownership uh, those are just qualities that I really really value in the team that we're building um, but as far as other other social uh sort of social marketing things we really to be honest i probably should be a better marketer whenever it comes to a lot of these things. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of bad at it, sure. but I really try to just figure out, okay, how can we take what we do best and give back to the community? Yeah, And that's going to vary greatly based on individual situations. We've done, uh, we do have some pro bono work that we offer where we're, we go into homes uh, for clients who aren't able to afford services to get their homes uh, mold or air quality issues resolved. Uh, we had one, uh, it's probably about a year ago at this point now, uh, gentleman who his furnace had gone out several years ago and was basically heating his home uh, yeah. through oil burning furnaces, like what you'd, uh, or, or, or excuse me, oil burners, uh, like yeah. what you would use outside at like a campsite, um, yeah. which those are designed to be ventilated. They're not designed to be used indoors. Uh, he had COPD as well. And the amount of soot and oil residue that was building up in his home and absolutely demolishing his indoor air quality was astonishing. Uh, So we had worked with a local HVAC company that was coming in to get him a new HVAC system up and running. And while they were doing that, we went through and were able to perform a duct cleaning to get that all ready for it, uh, as well as a full indoor air quality treatment of his home uh, to remove a lot of those contaminants and give him a uh, clean starting out point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because what you're what you guys are doing. I mean, and by the way, that was a that was a little curveball. I mean, the reality <laughs> is most companies are, are are I would say larger companies clearly are focused on this kind of idea, and some of the larger brands in the franchise space are. And what you just said is exactly it. That's exactly it. It'll it'll develop as time goes on, as you see the needs. Uh, but the fact that you have that mindset, because when I think of air quality, I think of like some urgency. It could be you can't live in your house right now. Mm-hmm. And like, what if like where, you know what I mean? And I think, yeah, you know, part of that could come in education and part of it is just situational. Right. But yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's great that, that you were able to help that gentleman. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, wouldn't that smell? I'm just trying to think of what that house might have smelled like. <laughs> but uh, was, well, that life. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but I wanted to kind of just, you know, as we as we kind of wrap up our conversation, it's been really good. I, I appreciate all the different ways you're you're approaching the marketing and, and the brand. Um, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you launched a franchise, you had this long history in franchising with you and your family. Uh, you still are doing it, so you are still active in other brands, you brought or not not directly. I know you're running this, but you have family members. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about in all that experience. Is there one thing? Is there Something that you're you're using now as a CEO as a leader that you would want to share with the audience something that might be helpful just something you've learned along the way anything like that you want to share or just principles that you like to live by?
1: Yeah, I mean the the biggest one and unfortunately it's not anything new but it's ownership. It is figuring out what are the things that you can control what are the levers that you can that you can pull to adjust the uh, or adjust the inputs to adjust the output. How can you? Personally, change what you're trying to achieve, because I see, especially as a franchisee, and I, as some previous franchisors will tell you firsthand, uh, not always been the best franchisee. Uh, there have been th- some times where I haven't lived by that philosophy and have spent too much time focusing on okay, what what can they do differently, but really trying to look as inwardly as possible and figure out okay, there's yeah there there's ten different things going on, ten different factors. What are the two, three, four, five that I can actually control and have an impact on? And that's something that I've really tried to live by. And I try to, again, use as a filter for uh, our hiring process, making sure that we're finding people who do hold themselves accountable, who look at how can I influence the situation rather than, okay, well, something went wrong and it's, it's all everybody else's fault, but really just taking it as inward as you can. And uh, how can I make a change?
0: Yeah. Now, that's amazing. Actually, you say it might not be new, but again, those are the kinds of ideas that, that, that kind of elude our daily consciousness, right? Because it, it is true. I mean, at the end of the day, you have a mission and you have a goal. And whatever those, that goal is, you know, how am I going to reach it right now? That's the goal. Is, let's talk about that first. Then let's go back and see what we can learn and improve. And uh, a lot of people get stuck at finishing it. They get stuck and they don't finish and they, they want to stay stuck there pointing and, and instead of looking at the goal, how do I, how can I, what can I do here? And it's funny because franchising, there's probably like, if you think of McDonald's, I bring, I probably bring them up almost every podcast just because, <laughs> As you, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're the most systematic, mm-hmm. right? But you know, that kind of a business is so blueprinted there, there's not much to mystery or creativity. That is the way end of the pendulum. And then you come all over to other franchise brands where there's a little bit more of a framework in place. And that's where what you're saying really benefits people is that they've got what they need, but, but there's still some creativity to put into it mm-hmm. to make it, make it work all the way, right? And that's kind of what you need sometimes. or other, Otherwise, it, it really takes all that freedom away of what business ownership is.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and that… I mean, it really led to a kind of transformation in my mindset whenever we knew that we were going forward with franchising uh, and that's how that was going to be the uh, the method that we used to grow the business. It really did shift my mindset and shift shifted a lot of my priorities on a day-to-day basis to, mm-hmm. okay, what can we do that will scale, that we can systematize and really make it so it's not just the change that I'm making for our business today but something that's building the groundwork for how our business operates going forward and building out those systems so that as we onboard franchisees, we allow them to focus specifically on the things that only they can do in their market. And we're taking a lot of those other things off. So, I mean, stuff like, I know you mentioned earlier, review generation. That is a huge process. We have gone above and beyond to automate as much of that as we can. uh, And as a result, we've got the best reviews in the state. Uh, and that's something that we've been—it's been a key focal point because I know that's a process that we can take from our office and easily input and scale as we continue to grow. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And I was thinking about the—I uh, was thinking about the hiring of veterans and military folks and how they're so systematic and 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 hardworking and and disciplined and and o- take ownership, right? Like those are just, yeah, that's just smart thinking you, you 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 find those types of people those types of personalities but you know so with the reviews i can i can attest i did notice a five so i guess you do it was about as good as you can get as a five so good job um but i i think that you know that's that's right i mean it's all those little things you remove the barriers that you can and you leave the rest up to the owner and allow and show them show them where that 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 is where they can control those levers and make a difference And that's where the gratification really comes in for both every, for everybody, for you and for them. Yep. So that's amazing. Uh, Well, you know, this has been amazing having you on the show today, uh, Tim. And uh, if you could, could you share a website with our audience so they know uh, how to learn more about the brand?
1: Yeah. uh, Moldmedics.com slash franchising or moldmedicsfranchising.com help, help you learn a lot more. And then we've also uh, been really pushing our social media. So uh, if you just go onto YouTube, uh, look up Mold Medics, will pop right up. Been really uh, doing a big concerted effort there to increase education, because that's been a real focal point for us. Is making sure that uh, both our franchisees and our uh, clients are as informed on the topics that we talk about as they can be. Yeah, you know,
0: and and, and just as we're wrapping up, I'll, I'll bring up to you. I'll say to you, you're the first person in a very long time that brought up something like that, like YouTube. And if you've got a business where education is important, video content is king. It's what we all like to consume. But what a great idea. What a great focus, right? For the brand. Good idea. And I'm glad you're educating the world with that. So, Tim, thank you for being on the show today. Bye for now.